Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Tuesday, October 5th. You're seeing equities rebound modestly and very tentatively. So in the U.S., S&P futures are up 16 points. That's about 37 basis points. The Dow is up a similar percent. That's about 122 points or 36 basis points. The Nasdaq is outperforming a little bit, up 77 points. That is about 53 basis points. So modest rebound in U.S. equities, modest outperformance in tech. Um, which is obviously a slight reversal of what happened yesterday um, on Monday. In Europe, similar type of story. You have the major indices up about 55 to 70 basis points. Banks and tech are doing best. Each are up over a percent. Nothing is lagging too badly, um, although autos and basic resources are underperforming. Asia saw a mixed price action. You had Japan. Ended in the red. Hong Kong finished up slightly. The Hang Seng was up about 30 basis points. Um, Taiwan uh, and India both ended in the green as well. So it's actually a fairly slow morning in terms of kind of major macro news. Um, a lot of the commentary, the news headlines, et cetera, this morning are really kind of um, assessing what happened in, the, in yesterday in equities where you saw a huge sell-off um, driven by a steep decline in tech stocks. Uh, I wrote a lot about it yesterday. I wrote a lot about it again this morning. I have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of stuff on the website and I include some more this morning. Um, you know, as far as kind of what happened yesterday, I think it was very much a tech driven sell off tech led, um, right out of the gate. So steep declines all throughout the day. I think the sell off in tech created, um, a broader de-risking process that had, um, knock on effects in other sectors where people were just bringing down exposure broadly. And that caused um, you know cascading selling in other sectors, but it was very much a tech-driven decline. And I think what's primarily happening in tech is um, a normalization of the world, including rates moving higher. That's undercutting tech multiples. You also have tech, which was largely a beneficiary of the pandemic. As the pandemic fades, tech is going to be facing some revenue headwinds, some tough comparisons. The sector is still very crowded. So I think that's been a process that's been ongoing now for a while in tech. Um, on some days, it's a lot more violent than others. Yesterday, obviously, it was particularly violent. But that, to me, is what's really occurring. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of noise around Facebook. The whole whistleblower issue in, in the Wall Street Journal, the Wall Street Journal has been publishing a series of very deeply reported, thorough profile articles on various parts of the Facebook business for the last several weeks. They were very negative in tone. Um, all that happened yesterday was the whistleblower that had providing the Wall Street Journal with some of the information for those articles was unmasked. Um, so all of the news was already in the press, it was already out in the paper, Congress has held hearings on it. So yesterday there was really nothing new on the quote unquote whistleblower at all. Um, you know, as far as the out is concerned, obviously it's not good. Um, it happens occasionally. A lot of websites go down on occasion. It doesn't seem like there's anything nefarious, no security breaches. It was a, a server um, configuration issue. It's, it's been resolved. Um, you know, again, not good to happen on a day like yesterday, but I don't really think people can look at either of those two Facebook headlines and say that that caused the broader sell-off that you saw, um, in tech. There's obviously, I think something deeper going on. Um, as far as kind of some of the macro overhangs that people are talking about, um, whether it is the Taiwan China tensions that are ratcheting higher, whether it was, um, you know, the U.S., uh, the White House U.S. Trade Representative made a speech yesterday about uh, the Biden administration's policy towards China on trade. Um, essentially, she said that tariffs would be staying in place for the time being. There was the potential for incremental tariffs, but also they're going to begin a process for providing um, 
some targeted tariff relief. And they're also going to kind of resume um, communications with China regarding economic matters. So I thought it was a relatively uneventful speech. You know, to the extent there were some hopes that Biden would come out and abrogate the um, all of the Trump era tariffs. Obviously, the speech yesterday didn't do that, but I don't think that was a real reasonable expectation. Um, you know, for primarily because of all of the political controversy that Biden is now grappling with in Washington, if he were to come out and tear up those tariffs, it would it would exacerbate the various different pressures he's seeing um, from both Democrats and Republicans. It's it's a, it's a bipartisan issue. Um, or there is bipartisan support, rather, for those tariffs to stay in place and for the U.S. to have, um, you know, a relatively bellicose trade policy, economic policy towards China. Um, regarding all the other topics going on in Washington right now, I actually think the news on the debt ceiling and the reconciliation negotiation process have been positive over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, I think the only solution for the debt ceiling is going to have to come through reconciliation. It's going to have to be a simple majority vote in the Senate. Um, Republicans remain vehemently unified in their opposition. You are not going to get 10 um, Senate Republicans across the aisle and provide support to the Democrats. So it has to be reconciliation in some form or another. And you're seeing the momentum shift in that direction slightly. Obviously, Democrats don't want to have a reconciliation vote. They don't want to take full ownership of the debt ceiling. But you had the Senate parliamentarian come out yesterday and say that um, Democrats could use reconciliation to address the debt ceiling. Um, and you have, you know, some voices are increasingly kind of speaking out and suggesting that that really is the only plausible path. So the fact that you're seeing momentum move in that direction, I think is, is positive. Obviously, time is very much of the essence. Democrats have a little bit over 10 days to address um, to address the debt ceiling. Um, you know, one of the problems is you don't really know what that drop dead date is. Um, you know, Yellen said it could be around the 18th. Some people have said it could be late October, early November, but obviously time's not of the essence. Um, time is of the essence rather. They need to act very quickly, but I do think that they're heading in that direction. On the reconciliation process, you're seeing the gap between progressive and moderate Democrats narrow. So, um, you know, it looks like Biden and and the leadership of the party is kind of down around two trillion. You still have Manchin talking about one and a half trillion. Um, you know, so you're down to about five hundred billion to six hundred billion dollars, whereas before you were looking at a two trillion dollar gap. So that that is narrowing, which is encouraging to the extent that you um, can get that bill passed. I think the market does want to see a reconciliation bill around a trillion and a half dollars. Um, that way, you'll have a smaller fiscal cliff. Um, uh, you know, offsetting that though, you will have to deal with some tax hikes. I think the market is prepared for 25% corporate rate. Um, you know, so I, I, I think the market doesn't want to see, um, no, no reconciliation bill get passed because then you're dealing with a huge fiscal cliff. Um, alternatively, they don't want to see the full three and a half trillion get passed because then you're talking about very steep tax increases. Um, so those are kind of the bigger themes and trends. There's obviously a lot more going on yesterday. I have I talk a lot about everything in the piece today. Um, but like I said, at the end of the day, I think really what you're seeing is a normalization of the world. If you kind of take a step back and look at the pandemic era, it wound up being positive for the market in that tech companies, a lot of tech firms benefited fundamentally from the pandemic. And then they benefited um, technically as enormous stimulus drove yields down, which drove multiples higher. So now as the pandemic fades, you see a normalization occurring, especially on the monetary policy front as inflation rises 
um, and and yields start to back up, that is undermining multiples um, in the group. Tech is a massive weighting in the indices. It's hard for the S and P um, to kind of withstand the type of decline you saw in tech yesterday. And to me, that's really kind of what's occurring at the end of the day. Um, so, like I said, no real kind of major incremental news today. It's a lot of just assessment of what occurred yesterday. For the Tuesday calendar, it should be relatively slow. So Pepsi earnings this morning are really the big major company-specific event. And then the services ISM hits at 10 a.m. And that will be pretty much it other than I'm, I'm sure you're going to get a, a lot of noise out of Washington um, and then possibly some more earnings pre-announcements. Um, you know, that's also been a big theme in the market, although investors are increasingly still relatively um, comfortable forgiving to the extent the warnings are the result of supply chain issues, um, which again are still thought to be relatively transitory. So that is everything for today. Um, thank you everyone for listening.